Welcome to Between Alpha Omega. I'm your host, Timothy Farr, and with me on the couch is, well, just Drew. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis is on assignment helping someone do something. Uh, Nick is AWOL or dead. We don't know. No, Nick is on assignment. Ass. Assignment. Because <laughs> he's an ass. Yes. Okay. Um. So it's just Drew and I. We're here. We're here. We are here. We're live on Twitch a day late. Uh, this is Sunday, March the 7th, and this podcast will go live uh, March the 8th. Whoa. I have tonight to edit it, which will take me 30 seconds now that I know how to do it properly. Boom. And right. Uh, and the VOD will hopefully be up on the website um, the same night. Um, so Monday. We'll see. If it recorded properly this time, (laughs) you'll notice that there will be a missing episode 27 on the VOD because uh, I had audio problems. Yes. So there is no episode 27, but there is an episode 28, which is this episode. Hopefully. Here now. Here now. Episode 28. Yes. If you want to know any more information about the Twitch stream or the YouTube channel, visit the website between alphaomega.com. You can see when we're live. Usually we try to go first and third Saturdays of every month, 1.30 Central Standard Time. But when problems occur or people have a situation, uh, we move the day to our scheduled B, which is Sunday. And uh, I'm usually the cause of the problems and or a situation. And that happens. Yeah. That happens. Family. Family. Well, and the hope is if they're, if someone is out, I can move it to Sunday and get another roommate in. Right. Especially if it's kind of a last minute thing, which happens. Life happens. Mm-hmm. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast with any sort of amount of time, you know that stuff happens. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it all the time. All the time. All the time. Uh, so I think that's my pre-roll. Okay. That's all I got. Uh, what's going on with you, Drew? How's your life? Uh, my sister-in-law is... Out of my fucking house. Good. And it's glorious. Uh, Evan, if you listen to this podcast, I love you, but don't <laughs> live with me ever again. Um, yeah, it's great. I moved into her room, which was supposed to be my office from the beginning. And so now I've got this nice, it's not large, but I have a decent sized room that I'm using for my office. And, uh, we said before we started rolling on the podcast, I started streaming on Twitch, playing games. Um, video games are kind of a passion of mine, and so I'm trying to turn that passion into something that can provide uh, some money for me. Yes. And uh, I know that it probably won't happen even this year, but I'm going to work hard and keep going at it, so... That's kind of something I started this week as well. Um, let's see. We celebrated my wife's birthday twice Ooh, this week. Fancy. Three times this week. Wow. Uh, yeah, two days before the day of and then two days after. <laughs> wow. She is celebrated. She is celebrated. And uh, those are average celebrations every time because it's just the same thing every time. You know, cake and ice cream. Food, family, stuff like that. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then, let's see what else has been happening. I got a raise. Not a very significant one, but I got a raise. Nice. And 
that's really that's really about it. Nice. Oh, we started feeding forest food. Like, like actual food? Actual food instead of just milk. So like baby food? Yeah. We make our own baby food. Ooh, fancy. Look at you yeah. being fancy. You know how much money that saves? Uh, probably it's, a lot. We just bought some carrots, and uh, her aunt and uncle bought us this thing that uh, steams and blends food. Weird. And it is amazing. He didn't really like it. We did carrots, mm-hmm. and they the doctor tells you to do the same food three days in a row so that they can get used to it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he makes... He makes a disgusted face when you put it in his mouth. He kind of eats it, mostly spits it out. <laughs> but I think that's just babies in general. So we're right. starting out with something that I think kids normally don't really like. So a vegetable. Yeah. Um, and that's what my mom said to do. Because if you start with the stuff that's gross, they'll like it better than if you start with something that's super tasty. And so I'm like, all right, that's what we're going to do then. So we're going to try it again tonight. See what happens. Ooh, fancy. He hasn't been sleeping, and I have a feeling it's because of the food. Mm. Um, but Well, there's probably a massive change in his world. Yeah, it's like, the hell is this? <laughs> what have you done to me? Yeah, it's just orange <laughs> goop. Yeah, you've caused me anxiety and yeah. depression. Can't believe you've done this to me. <laughs> Can't, I'll never financially recover from this. <laughs> uh, but beyond that? That's, I think that's it, really. Well, you know, it's life. Yeah, life. Life. What about you, Tim? Uh, I've been going on a lot of drives lately. Um, like an embarrassing amount of drives. Um, because it's been... So we live in St. Louis, if you don't know. Um, and we had a portal... portal I can't say that word. Polar uh, vortex happened where the temperature was like zero degrees or below freezing for like a week or two and that just happened and uh now it's like 60 degrees okay (laughs) and i haven't been driving my mustang so um i've been taking her out quite a bit and uh it's been mostly mental health things identifying problems in my life, identifying things that upset me, naming them. I'm going through that like counseling thing of naming your problems and working with them and, and trying to let them go. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've been doing all of, you know, since I left the church into 2020 when I've had an embarrassing amount of time to myself because I've been working. Uh, so that's, uh, uh, my car has become more of like my temple or my yoga to meditate and to just, you know, be silent and to have my mind still doing something while taking like all my personal problems in. So that's been incredible. Um, driving quite a bit all over the place, seeing beautiful things that I posted on my Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, like, uh, the Missouri river was frozen and when I went there a couple of weeks ago, they had just broken up all the ice. So all the ice was floating down the river. Yeah. And it was just really pretty. Nice. Like, really, really pretty. And I've never seen something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it was just an incredible sight to see. And I, I put it on my story and whatnot. And there is a picture of Sally on my Instagram that you can see it in the background. And so I've been doing a lot of that lately because I haven't been working. Instead of, I don't know, working on the podcast, making sure it does well. 
uh, uh, and you can really tell what I care about mostly is it sounding well rather than it looking good. And it looks terrible right now, so whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm not worried about it. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. And video games, of course. And just doing a lot of self-help. Yeah. Self-meditation and uh, mental exercising and whatnot. Uh, I did touch the ice uh, for the first time in two years. I went to a hockey rink and I put on skates and I skated around for a bit and with my stick and my gloves and my helmet. Nice. Uh, I wore a mask, which was awful. <laughs> uh, I am already horribly out of shape. So when you put a mask on top of that, yeah, <laughs> not a good combo. No, I was dying. I'm legit dying. And it was hilarious. And I only skated for like 20 minutes or so and like half the speed that I normally skate on uh, just to see if I could do it. Yeah. Um, first time in two years and I've had knee problems and my knee has felt fine. Nothing alarming. Yeah. It was kind of sore the next day, but you know, when you don't use those muscles, things are going to get sore mm-hmm. and skating is really hard on you anyway. So there's that. Uh, so yeah, for the first time in two years, I hit the rink and I hopefully will go again. But now the other half of my update and I always seemingly have long updates um, <clears throat> as my work is, uh, transitioning over to strictly in office work to now going online yeah. and I'll be getting a laptop maybe this week, maybe next week. I don't really know, but I'll be actually working, whatever that means. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I get all geared up and I'm like, yeah, I finally feel comfortable to, uh, do some stick and pucks and play, maybe play hockey again. Oh, you're working again. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Nice. It's fine. Um, and on top of that, like my work is doubling down on how dumb they are. Right. <laughs> Cause this is the federal government. Yeah. Uh, so we only did strictly in work, uh, or in the office stuff because all of our stuff is paper records. And so we have to be there to do our work. Um, and there's like 500 people that do what I do. And um, right now they only have like 100 laptops distributed to the employees. Yeah. And we're already having network problems. Of course. Uh, because they didn't account for, I guess, the load or whatever. Uh, so their solution to this problem is just to double down and to make sure everyone has a laptop. Yeah before the end of March and deal with all the networks slowing and yeah. Yeah. It's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to (laughs) work. It's going to work. So I'll be getting this laptop and be sitting there doing nothing uh, because um, I won't have any work and it'll be too slow to do anything. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, And not only that, I'll have to, relearn how to do my job in small ways and I'll be working from home and I'm just really honestly looking forward to working at home because I can take advantage of the situation I can cook dinner and still be working or have lunch and still be working yep. instead of being away from my desk and on top of that I won't have to drive uh, 30 miles right to go to work right and so I could literally wake up at like five minutes before I have to log in and just walk down the stairs and yeah. open up my laptop and start working. Uh, which means I'll probably be selling Frank here soon 
or by the end of the year so I can um, put parts in Sally. Yep. And then uh, the other half of what I want to do with this podcast and the YouTube stream will happen. Yeah. Because I'll have a car worth actually talking about. Cool. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited about that. Good. Um, yeah, I've always been kind of in the cars and whatnot, so to actually have a car that can uh, or will be faster than like a C7 Corvette right. or the 392 Chargers or Challengers and yeah. 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 I'll actually have credibility in the street world. Because <laughs> it's all about horsepowers. Right. Horsepowers. 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 Hers powers. Her powers. Her powers. <laughs> what? Celebrate women. Celebrate women. <laughs> Her powers. Her powers. What does that even mean? I don't know. Oh, right. Just Sally's a girl. Celebrate, 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 celebrate her powers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be stupid once I get all everything said and done. Like I was looking at, uh, so the immediate modification I want to do when we get the stimulus check, which there's an update about, uh, Senate passed it, but now it needs to go back to the house because they changed some things. So, once they've the House approves, they'll go to uh, the White House. When they're saying by March fourteenth, I really need that money. So I be helpful. will be buying wheels and tires. Yep. And I was looking at comparisons. So right now, Sally has uh, two forty-five tires on all four corners. Right. <clears throat> um, what I'm doing is putting two eighty-five on the back mm-hmm. and putting two forty-fives on the front. Yeah. So two eighty-fives are. Uh, I think like 10 inches wide, mm-hmm. which is humongous. Yeah. Like right now my tire is like eight. Right. <laughs> so it's going to be twice as wide pretty much, or not twice as wide, but it's going to make a significant change into putting more grip to the road. Right. Instead of when I mat it now, when I go to the floor with Sally, it spins, even right. with traction control. That won't happen anymore. Yeah. It'll just go. Go. And then I'll have to worry about breaking like a drive shaft or an axle. Right. Which. You don't want to do that. No. Yeah. Which. Once I do the motor modifications that I want to do, like porting the heads and cams, I'll put an aluminum drive shaft in it. Right. At the same time. Because otherwise that drive shaft will just grenade itself. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that while you're in the car. No. No. You don't want the drive shaft going into your cave shaft. Right. (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i have seen the carbon fiber ones explode and those are awful yeah they just explode and they shred yeah which i guess is safer than like a metal one just like fracturing and going like into your your feet or into your butt (laughs) (laughs) uh cool drive shaft's just gonna take an expedition expedition into your bowels probably it's only rated for 155 miles per hour yeah so don't do that no yeah no i've gotten her up to 145 in mexico (laughs) (laughs) mumble 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 uh 145 in mexico was the fastest i've gotten now we're talking about mexico missouri mexico the country okay picked up on that <laughs> uh yeah 
Oh, it's stupid when I did that. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, don't arrest me. <laughs> You're under arrest. Oh, no. Citizen's arrest. Oh, no. Taking you in. <laughs> yeah, there was people when I told them that that were really extremely angry with me. It's fine. It happened a couple years ago. I'm so Why? glad. Because doing that, going that fast is ridiculous. I know, but why were they mad with you? Uh, they were just protective over me, like you dummy. Got it. Yeah. Little do they know, I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 270 is my racetrack. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> hell no. I go into the middle of Mexico and, you know. Yeah. That's where I do Skirt. Things. Skirt. Yeah. Skirt. 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 It's actually not the top speed that gives me the jillies. It is... um. More of the curves. And yes. Stuff. Yeah. So you know, I know I get it. Mm. Yeah. It's just now that I put that suspension kit on, it's lower, and then if I get tires, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, mm. she's so hot. What am I talking about? You're literally talking about a vehicle. That's true. <laughs> did you see my Valentine thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did. It was uh, perfect. Yeah. It was you. Yeah. It's totally me. Which is which is funny because it's totally not me at the same time. I'm doing it because it just makes me laugh. Yeah. Like I'm not actually that obsessed with my car, yeah. but people think I. That I know, I am. but that's why it's totally you, right? It's because you're tricking people. Mm-hmm. I just lean into it. Like all of my pictures on my Instagram or yeah. of my car. Like, I, yeah, I love my car, but like, right? I don't like make love with it or anything, or kiss it. Are you sure? I do pet it a lot. Okay. <laughs> Sexual petting. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to be washed. That's fine. It's fine. Her exhaust port was a little <laughs> dirty after her last trip. <laughs> uh, well, the last time I went, which is when I went to see the river, like out, uh, there was salt and stuff on her. Yeah. So I had to wash her. Yeah. I had to. I want crusty salt getting in all those crevices. No, I don't. Yeah. She's got nice curves. And rust, it'll rust her out. Right. And she's got nice curves, and I have to, you know, yeah, make sure they're fine. I get it. Yeah. It happens. What are we talking about? Uh, women. No, oh. I'm sorry. A car. <laughs> oh, please. It's been eight years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little inside joke. If you don't get it, then too bad. Um, and so I guess we'll get on to our main topic. And if you've seen the title of the podcast, uh, Clickbait, 100%. Is this the end, Drew? No. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. 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 Definitely. And so, um, is the pandemic going to be the end of the church as we know it? Yes. Yes. That's our initial reaction. Yes. Why? Oh, why, sir? Curtis says I have nice curves. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, the end of the church as we know it, yes, I believe so, because I, I, don't know. I think a lot of people are realizing they don't have to go to church to get the church experience. Yep. And it's like a lot easier to wake up and go down to your living room and turn on your TV and watch a live stream than it is to go and get all your freaking kids ready and put on your fucking church suit and <laughs> go to church and listen to old people tell you what you shouldn't be doing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how you suck at life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah, I get That's it. just my perspective. I know there's a lot of dumbasses out there that are just like, I love to go to church in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> By dumbasses, you mean like boomers? Yes. <laughs> but also, there's plenty of millennials out there that are like basically just boomers. Uh, yeah, the older generation of us millennials. I'm, Not even older people. I'm just talking about like their mentality is of boomer. Is <laughs> of boomer. Yeah. See, I don't identify as a millennial, even though I am. Dude, you're totally Gen Z. Totally. <laughs> you I, part your hair in the middle <laughs> and you wear crop tops. <laughs> <laughs> is that what Gen Z does? Yeah. Is that the generation before millennials? No, it's after. After? Yeah. Oh, all right. It's the kids right now. Oh, it's the kids right now? Yeah. God, I'm so Gen mad. Z, they <laughs> they wear crop tops, they part their hair in the middle. Oh, and they also they don't like labels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of genders. Yeah, there's which is a label. They don't like labels, but they like making up new labels. Yeah, but if you don't label me properly, then fuck you. Okay. Forever trying to label me. Got because it. I don't like labels. I'm too old for this. Yeah. What was the generation before millennial? Is it X? Uh, Gen Xers? I think so. I don't know. I. It doesn't matter. We're all stupid anyways. <laughs> I, I know that I, I identify more with the generation before my technical generation, which is millennial. Yeah. Because I was already like in high school and almost out of high school. Right. When I think to be a millennial is when you grew up in the 2000s. And I was already kind of, you know, past it. Um, I was more of a late 80s, early 90s kid. Right. So, whatever. Let's label ourselves even more. I don't know where I was going with that. Okay. That's fine. We just had a conversation. It's fine. (laughs) I I, I tend to agree with you, though. That's my initial reaction, that people will stop going to church um, because of it's so much easier not to. And once you've gotten out of a routine of doing something... It just becomes your new routine. Yeah. Um, uh, like getting out of the habit of waking up every Sunday morning, I think you will just not care to yeah. wake up in Sunday morning anymore. Right. Um, so uh, this question has been on my brain, whether it's going to be the end of church. And we've been talking about how Christianity needs to change and how the church needs to change. And it's been kind of the programming for the last year of every episode of this podcast. We're 28 episodes in deep now. And that's been the bulk of what we've been talking about this entire time. Yeah. How Christianity needs to change and how the church needs to change. And so I did kind of a dive on some research um, about the pandemic and a little bit other kind of conversations happening around that. And I'll put all the links to everything in the podcast description and on the VOD description where I'm getting all this information that I'm about to expel or whatever neat word I can put in there that I can't think of right now. It's fine. Regurgitate because um, that sounds like vomit. And I like that. Um not vomiting. That's actually terrible. So <laughs> I'm in a weird mood right now. That's all right. It's fine. Uh, so I did some research on some topics. And uh, with Drew, I'm thinking like, oh, after this pandemic, uh, it'll we'll see a decrease in numbers. Yeah. Uh, and the research kind of says that's not the case. 
uh, which was interesting to me. And there's some fascinating numbers in here that I'm pulling from. And uh, this is from PewResearch.org, I do believe. Yes, .org. Uh, it's a think tank, and they fact-check things. And it's a pretty good website for this kind of information. Um, so in the survey, which was done between July 13th uh, to July 19th, 2020, so during literally the middle of the pandemic, they polled 10,211 U.S. adults about um, whether or not they would go to church after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Or um, whatnot. So, uh, 43% of people they polled didn't attend church before or now during the pandemic and won't after. Okay. So, of that 10,000 people, 43% said they don't attend and they won't. Yeah. That's pretty normal. And that's kind of an alarming number, too. Uh, 43% of that 10,000. Already doesn't go. Or it doesn't go, doesn't care. Yeah. It didn't affect them. Yeah. And so that's kind of an interesting number. Um, 42% of that 10,000 uh, said they would attend about as often. So after the pandemic is said and done and over with, 42% said they would return. Yeah. Uh, 10% said they would attend more after the pandemic. So you have 10% of people going, oh, I want more interaction with human beings. So I'm actually going to, after this pandemic is over, probably going to increase my church attendance. Yeah. 5% said they would attend less often. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I found that kind of interesting uh, that 42% said after the pandemic is over, they would still attend church of that 10,000. So that's your a hundred percent. Yeah. What the 43, 42, 10 and five, that's a hundred percent. Right. So that's interesting. Um, I, I would want to know of that 42% of people that said they would attend about as often, how many of them were actually going and whatnot, but the survey didn't get into that. Uh, what I found more fascinating is a whopping 66% of that 10K did not watch services at all. That's so even though we have 42% saying they would attend after the pandemic is over, majority of them are not watching services right now. Right. Wow. What do you make of that? Because to me, that's an interesting, like, bit of information. I mean, I guess they just don't want to watch it because they'd rather be around people. I guess. They'd rather be there. I I will say watching worship is the most excruciating thing in the world. It's awful, yeah. And that's just to me. I hate it too. Um, there's nothing wrong with worship, obviously. It's just when you, and it's the same thing like when you see trailer, at least if you're in the church world, you'll see like um, pictures and people worshiping and videos of people worshiping. And it just feels so weird and awkward. Like that's an intimate moment. Yeah. It would be like videotaping people making out. Like it's yeah. just weird. Yeah. Um. Uh, so it's just weird to watch worship in that way. It's supposed to be like a, an intimate thing between you and God and what's happening in that moment. Right. 
and you're videotaping it yeah. and you're showing it. It's weird. For sure. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah. I don't really know people's mentalities. I mean, I didn't really watch because I didn't like the church that we were attending anyways. <laughs> so, and most of the churches that are live streaming, I don't want anything to do with them. So, <laughs> Right. You know, that's just me, though. I'm coming up on my two-year anniversary of no church. Yeah. In June. Right. Well, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been two years. And I have not watched a church service since then. Right. I don't blame you. Yeah, it happens. Really don't. It happens. Um, 92% of the people that did attend services before the pandemic said they would revert back to going at least as often. Say that one more time, sorry. 92% of people that did attend services before the pandemic said they would revert back to going as least as often. Okay. So that's a pretty significant number. That kind of disproves what we were saying. Yeah. Um, but what are we going to do about that percentage, or at least not us, but the church is going to do about that percentage not being 100%? Probably nothing. Nothing, no. Because churches don't care. No, as long as they're getting their money. As long as they're getting somebody, yeah, uh, they may care if it's a significant tither. Yeah, um, but if you weren't like tithing or hugely like involved in that church, they're probably not going to care. Yeah, they'll reach out to you like zero. for a month. Nah, zero percent. I think they'll reach out to him for like a month, like half-assed, uh, and then stop. It, uh, maybe. The churches that I left, not a single person. Yeah. Not a single one. Well, I'm not really surprised about that. Yeah. I know that. No, one one person. Well, I'll take that back. Uh, The mega church that we like to shit on, when I left there, um, a couple of people reached out to me a little bit, but they have so far drunk in the Kool-Aid that I don't really talk to them anymore. Yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> talk to them either. Uh, and the church that I just left, one person. Yeah. And now that I've said something, if they say something, I feel like that's not genuine. And I'll probably have a conversation with that person it later. It isn't genuine. No, it's like if I have to say something like we haven't talked in two years, that's not genuine. Yeah, and they can fuck themselves. <laughs> Those are your words. Yeah, they are my words. Uh, and I will stick by them. I know you will. You'll defend me. It's funny. <laughs> Uh, because my mentality is I'm here with open arms, but you, I will just steer further back from you, especially right. if you come at me saying, oh, you know, I, don't, I listen to your podcast and we haven't talked in two years and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like it's been two years. Yeah. Like you, you had two years to say one thing. One thing. Yeah. And you haven't. So what does that really say uh, that you don't care? Right. Cool. And, and that is kind of a two way street. I didn't leave, but. Uh, I defend myself by saying I, I left. Yeah. Like you come after the people that leave, which is the whole point of the 92%. What about the other percentage that have left? Like you, yeah. you reach out to people that leave yeah. no matter the circumstance. You don't just say you don't give a shit. It's important to know why your congregation is no longer there. Right. So. Yep. And I was very involved in, you know, whatever. 
and it sounds like I'm bitter about that, but I've actually done a lot of thinking and praying about it. And it's just like, you know, I, I left for reasons. Those reasons are my own. And I miss people there. I love the people that are there. Um, but. Well, yeah, but the, also the lack of response kind of probably like solidifies some of your reasoning for not being there anymore. Yep. So. Uh, yep. It just it, it confirms some things in me, and it also tells me I shouldn't be doing those things again. Yeah. Um, the people that have been surrounding me now are the people that I want to be with. Right. Um, uh, those are the people that are important to me, and uh, I'm thankful that there's people that have reached out to me. Um, right. But there's people that haven't, and that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, so yeah, ninety-two percent of the people said they would attend services after the pandemic. That sounds actually kind of hopeful. That yeah. after all of this pandemic is over, ninety-two percent of the congregants, according to the study, will come back. Right. Um, so it doesn't seem doom and gloom for the church, right? Doesn't seem that way. No. Or does it? Hmm. <laughs> um, I have another study. Okay. And that says the opposite. Okay. Uh, not the opposite of this. I'm still using the same website, but you'll see where I'm going. Um, can we predict the future? And actually, we totally can predict the future uh, by looking at our beloved teenagers. Yeah. And seeing what the teenagers are doing in the church and this survey and I'll read it verbatim or I'll temize it because I don't want to read it verbatim. This is another article from Pew Research and it's the topic is T10 key findings about religious lives of U.S. teens and their parents. Uh, The study survey was 1,800 pairs of U.S. teens and their parents, one parent and one teen from each household. Uh, it's not meant to be representative of U.S. adults overall. It is weighted to be representative of two different populations. Parents with teens ages 13 to 17, and secondly, te- teens ages 13 to 17. It is weighted to be representative by age and gender, race, and then ethnicity, education, and other categories. Hmm. Got it? Yeah. Cool. So there's only 1,800 people in the study, but the findings are the stuff that I've been talking about for, I don't know, 20 years of what's been happening in our teens and stuff that we've seen in our own youth ministries and what's happening right now in the youth ministries. Um, and it gives ten the 10 key findings about this survey. And the survey was done pre-pandemic in 2019. So I would be interested to see if they update this to be post-pandemic and what happens to these teenagers. Yeah. Uh, will they do that? I don't know. I'm not Pew Research. I'm just using their data. And so <clears throat> the first one is most teens share the religion of their parents. To me, not surprising. Yeah. Um, so if the parent was evangelical Protestant, 80% of the teens were two. Okay. 6%. So you have... If the parent was evangelical Protestant, 80% of the teens were two. 6% were mainline Protestants. I'll get it to, I'll just go now. Uh, Do you know what a mainline Protestant is? No. I didn't either. And to me, some of these numbers will make um, 
a lot more sense. Mainline Protestantism is the United Methodist Church, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, the PC USA, the S. Oh God, uh, I can't say that word. Episcopal, Episcopal, Episcopal Church, the American Baptist Church, and the United Church of Christ and the Disciples of Christ. So as well as the Quakers, Reformed Church of America, and African Methodist Church, uh, and uh, some other churches. Okay. So that's mainline Protestants. So like those, not Catholic, but they hold on to those traditions. Yeah. Lutherans. Lutherans were probably in there as well. So if you were a evangelical Protestant parent, 80% of the teens were two, 6% were mainline Protestants, which is kind of weird to yeah. me. Uh, 1% were Catholic, but 12% were unaffiliated. Okay. Here's where the mainline Protestant just makes me giggle and smile and hilarious to me. Uh, so if the parent was a mainline Protestant, 12% were evangelicals, the mm-hmm. teenagers. 55% maintained their parents' mainline Protestant belief. 4% were Catholic, and a whopping 24% were unaffiliated. Okay. That, to me, is a little bit surprising. Yeah. Uh, so if the parent was Catholic, uh, 1% were evangelical, 1% was mainline Protestant, 81% were Catholic too, and 50% unaffiliated. That tracks. Uh, the bigger number to me is when the parent is unaffiliated. 2% of teenagers were evangelicals, 3% were mainline Protestant, 5% was Catholic, with 86% of teens remaining unaffiliated. Huh. So what we're seeing here, it, the way I interpreted this data, is if you're an unaffiliated uh, parent, there's a higher percentage of teens who will be unaffiliated with the church. And it, to me, makes a whole lot of sense that these mainline Protestants have the lowest numbers. Yeah. Because they're crazy. Right. Especially in the 2019, when this publication was done, the survey was done, uh, with the whole Trump thing and the Republicans being crazy and anti-maskers i mean that wasn't a thing then but that mentality yeah. was prevalent in 2019 so i imagine a lot of those teenagers were like nah my yeah. parents are crazy yeah for sure so yeah it, it to me those numbers are kind of shocking but also not um it 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 shows me that um and we'll get to it with point two and three that parents if you're if you're a kid like if you're a christian you're most likely your kid is going to be one too right and i think that's a little bit of a problem in my own way well yeah i mean it's just like if you're a republican your kids are most likely going to be republican because what it is is i think a lot of it is because people don't challenge things enough they don't ask enough questions and they don't doubt what they were brought up in nope and make inform their own ideas and opinions about the world um and you know i guess the same you could say the same thing about someone like me because you know i'm mostly a conservative and i'm still a christian um and both my parents are but 
Um, I mean, I don't go to church. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I don't know. I I think it's a problem, too. Yeah. For sure. It is. um, I think it's a little bit of forcing kids to do stuff that they don't really want to do, which that is uh, one of the other points. Um, And kids just believing everything that their parents are saying. Yeah. Um, Whether that's good parenting or bad parenting, that's not my bag of tea because I'm not a parent. Um, but it is showing that that data tracks and you can talk about it with anything. If you're, if you're a Mormon, more than likely your kids are going to be Mormon. If you're a Republican conservative, you're more than likely your teenager is going to be Republican conservative. We can get into, you know, the Democrat as well. If you are a Democrat, you're more than likely your kids are going to not think for themselves and do that as well. Yeah. Which to me is devastating when we're talking about the Christian church because we're not allowing these teenagers to think for themselves. Right. We're not encouraging them to think for themselves. Yeah. Um, it's just follow along. Yeah. And I think that is so dangerous. And we'll get into point two and three, uh, why that's so dangerous. Um, because the numbers don't lie. And the numbers are showing what is happening in Christian households and why I think this pandemic is going to shake things up even more because when the mommy and daddy aren't taking you to the church because they can't, that kid is going to get online and look at things. Yeah. Um, they're going to do things. And then we get into college uh, when their minds are absolutely blown and they don't have mommy and daddy being there for them and they don't have a community anymore. And we've seen what happens. Yeah. And the numbers don't lie, so we'll get into it. Uh, I put point two, it's a cult. Yeah. (laughs) Because these numbers are suggesting anything that we do, especially with teenagers, is going to be like a cult. Like, if I'm an unaffiliated, non-religious person, I'm probably going to put those beliefs on my kids. Yeah. And as a Christian, if you're listening to this and you're a Christian, you're horrified by that. But we do the same things as Christians. Yeah. And it's it's not right either way. I hate double standards, so I'm not going to sit here and say if you're unaffiliated and you teach your kids that, that's wrong. But if you're a Christian and you teach your kids only that, that's wrong. Yeah. You know, like, you have to encourage our teenagers, and I've been doing youth ministry for quite a while, so I think I know what I'm talking about, to actually be their own person. Yeah. And to challenge them and to not just take everything that you're saying. Right. And I think, and I'm not a parent, um, but I think to be a good parent, you have those conversations with your teenagers. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up, my parents would always say that, like, if you were doubting your faith or doubting Christianity, then you're doing it right. Because, like, that means you're questioning what's in front of you or what's not in front of you and wondering why this is the way that it is. And, like, you know, it, it's just like with anything in life. I mean, you should never just take things at face value in my opinion nope so no and the people that teenagers once again that were raised in a christian home and were taught these certain values but then go to the opposite side of the spectrum just despite their parents you're just as shitty as the people who do what their parents tell them just because their parents are telling them yeah so i can see that because I know a lot of people that are like that. <coughs> and they're like, it. 
a lot of people my age, they're, they're like afraid to even call themselves a Christian at this point because of the persecution that they're going to receive. And it's like, <laughs> did you not like listen when we were being taught that we were going to be persecuted heavier than anybody else? <laughs> right. See, I don't want to be labeled a Christian anymore just because it's they're kind of bullshit. Well, I identify as a Christ follower. I don't really need a, that label of Christianity. Well, isn't that what a Christ follower is, as a Christian? It used to be. Okay. Now it's just all politics and brainwashing and bullshit. But are we going to let the world tell us that that's what it is? It's not the world. It is Christians doing that okay. to themselves. Okay. <laughs> but are you going to let those people take the mantle of Christian and fuck it up? I mean, that's what this podcast is about. Okay. That's my effort to try to reclaim it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I've given a lot of my thoughts. Like, what's happening in the church today is complete garbage, and it's not Christianity. No, it's not. But it's being labeled as, and that is what we're getting labeled as. So I'd rather say, no, I don't identify with this bullshit, and I identify with Christ. Yeah. Label me something different, because I'm not that. Yeah. I refuse to be the Republican bullshitting racist piece of shit that storms the capital and has all these bigotory thoughts and holds women down and that bullshit which is happening in the christian church right now yeah people are preaching that i just before we got online before you got here i was perusing through reddit as i do and there was a cringe on the subreddit cringe uh pastor talks about how women should be like millennia trump and be a trophy wife Nice. A fucking pastor. Yeah. It's preaching that message. That's not Christianity. No, not at all. And I don't want to be labeled that anymore yeah, because it's not it's not what it's supposed to be. So label means something different. Yeah. Follow what I say, what I do, and how I live and realize that is a reflection of Christ, not that bullshit. Yeah. I think for me, personally, I refuse to let that shit reflect what Christianity actually is and being a Christian. So like for me it's like no, I'm still a Christian. Those people aren't. Yeah. You know. I can see that. I've just already built ship and saying, "Oh, this ship is already sunk." Yeah. Let's start something else. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like I don't want to let go of it because I don't I'm not going to let these people win. I you know? I think they've already won. Yeah. Well, for you. I I no, I, I legitimately think they've already won. Yeah. For you. Um, uh, they have tarnished Christianity to the point where we're going to see a resurgence and atheism and a persecution of those people. Yeah. I think that's already been here mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's just gotten worse with media because now it's like, because now the media is paying attention to it, right? Well, and everybody's it, paying attention to it in the media. It's becoming a Christianity and still the majority in this country. Yeah. But those numbers are declining. Right. And we're going to talk about that because these teenagers are the future. Right. And it has been historically declining. Yeah. And the only people that are going to church are really just old people. Yeah. So who are now mucking up the name of Jesus. Right. So I think we're going to see a resurgence of atheism and we're going to see a not a resurgence but a, a surge of atheism going against these principles that these christians have been saying yeah and uh, <clears throat> it's not christianity 
I'm sorry, it's not. No. Well, never has been. It never has been, but it also has been. That's the shitty thing about it. Yeah. Is that the hold women down, the hold people down has been like the Christian MO. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, it's it's interesting to me that that's your perspective now because, like, even, even when I was questioning Christianity and my faith, like, I never felt like collectively Christians were holding people back or being bad towards people. Maybe just because I was in a very loving and accepting environment. I don't know, but... Uh, it is experience 100%. The mega church, um, the churches I've left, feeling that over and over and over again, and me being so heavily involved in seeing the nitty gritty, and then doing research and seeing that it's just not my situation. It is a widespread problem. Yeah, and seeing that has it has shaped my perspective and has changed my perspective. You're talking about someone who went to college who. Their dream was to be a youth pastor and all of these things and believing in the church. And I still do. I just think it's not what's going on today. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, and I see the hurt and the damage and even in my own life of the damage that I've faced from the church. Yeah. And I'm finally standing up and going, that's not right. Uh, this is the right way of doing things. Right. And that has become my perspective. It just now that I'm pulling back and I'm seeing the forest instead of just m my tree of the events that surround me. It's not just me. Yeah, it is bodies of yeah. people that are just literal over the place because of what Christianity has done. Yeah, and it really it kind of surged when Trump became president in 2016. I saw a ramp up of all this stuff. Yeah, of just the brutality of Christianity and this drawing lines in the sand and there's story after story about how these conservative fundamental people are just doubling down. Yeah. And, Oh, it's just the grossness that I keep hearing and keep just not getting involved with. I can't think of a good word, but just keep hearing about is grotesque. Yeah. I, I, and just getting on the atheist subreddit and seeing all these stupid ass Christians saying all these things. It's like, yeah. no wonder, no right. wonder, right? no wonder. And I've never, and don't get me wrong. Like I've never questioned my faith. Right. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Bible and there's nothing that you can say or do to make me deter that. I still believe in the church. It's just that it's so far broken and so far sunk that, we need to abandon ship and start something new and get away from this. Yeah. It is like Judaism and the, oh, I can't think of their name, um, the people that Jesus went against, the Pharisees. Judaism is different from the Pharisees, but the Pharisees took over. Right. That's what's happening in Christianity. Right. The asshole conservative fundamentalism have taken over. Right. We just need Jesus to come back and revert everything again. Right. And I'm not Jesus, unfortunately, or fortunately, because I'd make an awful Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but that has become my goal is to fight against that. Yeah. And it's funny uh, because I watch my numbers. I watch the stuff that's happening on the podcast and I see, 
a whole lot of people watching that first episode and the numbers trickling off. Yeah. And we average about 25 to 30 people uh, an episode, which is fine. I'm happy with that. There's more than one person listening. That's all I really care about. Yeah. But I see the numbers kind of fluctuate. And that that's because it sounds like I'm a heretic. Because I'm going so violently against uh, what churches are saying. Yeah. What the, all these big wigs are saying. And what's really funny to me, what's hysterical is what's now happening is some of these bigs in Christianity are saying the same things as I am. Yeah. But they're more popular. Right. So. Turns out when you sound like a troll and look like a troll, no one really cares. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. This lispy voice isn't ever going to get popular. It's fine. That's not what it's about. It's not. It's about me. <laughs> no, and I, I've said this before on the podcast. Like, if someone listens to me and if it happens to be a bigwig and they become more successful because they're saying literally the same things that I'm saying, good on them. But it is my fulfillment to do this show, and it's my fulfillment that I enjoy doing this show, and I think I have something to say, and people like to listen to me, and right, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long tangent. It's okay. Yep. So it's a cult. Here's what... <laughs> Uh, here's what the stats say. Uh, and that's not what Pew Research said. I just, it, the numbers tell me it's a cult. So approximately half of teens, 48%, say they have all the same religious beliefs as their parent. Mm-hmm. That is 100% a cult. Uh, either way, either way, if they're unaffiliated or affiliated, when you have that extreme of a number, that's to me a cult. Like your, your children are just a part of your cult. Stop doing that. Uh, among the other half of teens, those who say they share some of the same, I'm using air quotes, beliefs or have, again, quotes, quite different beliefs from their parent. About one-third, or 34%, say their parent doesn't know that they differ religiously. So that, to me, is extremely interesting. So you have 48% saying <clears throat> of these teens, approximately half, uh, say they're one per one, one per to one with their parent. Yeah. Everything that their parent believes in, they believe in, whether it's unaffiliated or they're affiliated with the church. Right. That to me is just a cult. Your children are a cult. Stop doing that. Be a good parent. Have conversations with your kids and accept them who, whatever they believe. Right. Yeah. That's what we should be doing as Jesus lovers. Obviously, if you're a Christian, you need to be instilling, you know, Christianity beliefs. And uh, But I would argue that's more about how you live and how you treat other people. Your kids are going to pick up on that way more than they're going to pick up on you reading the Bible to them. Yeah. That's just my opinion and what I've seen dealing with teenagers. Your kids don't give a shit when you preach to them. They give a shit about what you do. Yep. And that's just me. And the conversations I've had with teenagers. Well, why did mom do this? Well, <laughs> well, Billy. Right. <laughs> well. Well, sorry that I have to tell you this. Um, Yeah, it's awkward to have those conversations with teenagers, but what are you going to do? Uh, those who say that some of the same beliefs or have quite different beliefs from their parents, about one-third say their parents doesn't know they have different beliefs. Uh, different beliefs yeah um if you're a parent of a teenager i guarantee there's 80 percent 
of stuff you don't know about your teenager. Yeah. Approximately. Because they don't tell you that shit. No. And they're not going to. Yeah. They're just not. They're going to get it from their coaches. They're going to get it from their teachers. They're going to go to uh, people like me who are youth leaders. And they're going to divulge that information. Yeah. They're not going to tell you. Even if they're the greatest kids in the world. There's shit that they're doing that they don't want you to know about. Yeah. That's par from the course. You were a teenager once. Remember the stupid shit that you did as a teenager. Right. And that's what they're doing. 100%. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, I've talked to teenagers where they've gone through things. Well, don't tell mom and dad. Well, if it's not illegal, I'm not obligated to say anything. Yeah. Like, if it's something to do with, you know, a parent raping the child, we have to call authorities and whatnot. Or if there's something... Like, if she is 14 and he's 21, I got to say something. Yeah. But otherwise, no, I've heard shit that you parents don't want to know about. Right. Um, so it's interesting that one-third uh, doesn't know. These teenagers confessed in this survey that their parent doesn't know that they have different religions, which to me is comical in itself that um, these parents think that they know what they're going on that they know what's going on with their kid, and these 34% are like, no, they really don't. Yeah. Or they have no idea that we're different in these no. situations. And it makes me want to be the fly on the wall and like, so what are you really talking about? Right. Are you just cramming down religion down their throats? Because teenagers, from my per- experience, again, take the path of least resistance when it goes to parents, which is why we have these huge numbers where teenagers are one for one to yeah. their parents because it's just easier to say yes right. than the fight with them. And so what actual conversations are you having with your teenager when 34% say they have no idea? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is why we're doomed. Um, and 17% say this difference causes at least some conflict in their household. Right. And that to me is interesting. Um, and we kind of talked about it earlier and why I, I, I called this one a cult because uh, these teenagers aren't basing their beliefs on what they actually have learned or what they actually believe. They are basing their beliefs on what their parents tell them. Right. What do you think about that? It's definitely cult-like behavior. I think, once again, it goes towards the path of least resistance because teenagers want it to be the easiest possible for them they don't want to have to deal with shit so of course they're just going to say what makes people happy mm-hmm. uh, and I think that sucks but you know to kind of be devil's advocate advocate for parents what the hell are they supposed to do about it right you know I think about when force is going to be a teenager all the time and I'm fucking <laughs> <laughs> the doomed. it's going to be hard yeah um, I wasn't a bad teenager per se, but I did what I wanted and didn't, and I wasn't rebellious. I just like, and I didn't do bad things. It's just like, I did what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Even if my parents told me, no, I did it anyways. (laughs) Right. But like for me, I wasn't going out and partying or getting in trouble with the police or anything. I was literally just like, Drew, you need to come home after school. Okay. And then I wouldn't come home after school. (laughs) So, I don't know. I also think that parents that let their kids be 
end up having better relationships with them later on in life. Uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I respect my parents is because they allowed me to make my own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with religion and, you know, morality, any of these life choices. If you let your kids not go to church, they may, they might want to go to church. Right. You know, it, I think one of the reasons why I don't go to church now is because I was forced until I was, you know, not living with my parents anymore to go to church every single Sunday. Right. I was being taught the same shit that I've been taught for 18 years of my life. Uh And now it's just being taught by some different random ass dude (laughs) that doesn't know how to communicate well with people. You know, I felt the most at home and connected to Christ among other students that were my age. And obviously that makes sense. Yep. You know, let kids be kids. You can still preach to them Mm -hmm. while letting them be kids. Yep. If a kid makes a mistake, don't like tell them they're going to hell because they've fucking stolen a pack of cigarettes or some shit. Right. Oh, oh my God, you had sex before marriage. You're not going to hell for that. Like, God is a forgiving God. Mm-hmm. Jesus died on the cross for a reason. Jesus d- died on the cross not to send you to hell because you fucked somebody that was your age <laughs> in high school. Right. Like, and that's another thing, too, is I think parents normalize... Um, not parents, not even parents, people. Bad Christians normalize that you're going to hell mentality Mm -hmm. for making mistakes. Yep. And that's like, literally Jesus has never said things like that. Nope. Ever. Nope. You are condemned to hell for what reasons? Not believing in Jesus. Yeah. What's that? (laughs) Blasphemy is the only unforgivable sin, which is literally meaning literally means like you don't believe in God. Right. Anything else is redeemable. And so that's where once that's my biggest rub with the church in general. And I think kids they see that shit, they know what's happening, and so that's why they're like, Yeah, I don't want any part of this. Yep. So uh- and, and to play devil's advocate a little bit on that, like, I think we get too comfortable. And, and the way I think about this, too, is um, if you truly love Jesus, you're not going to do things. No. Not because you'll get sent to hell for doing those things. Like, I don't have sex because that's what Jesus tells me not to do. Right. And so I'm not not <laughs> I'm not going to have sex because I want to be closer to my God. But you also you don't wanted anyways well i wouldn't say that but you, you know what i mean yeah like well it's not the thing that i strive for right uh, i want an actually relaxing relationship instead of just an, an interaction right an exchange of goods so right. to speak i actually want something concrete and right. deeper right um but like i i think we we get into this mentality of oh just sin because you can and it's like well actually if you really do believe and you actually do experience christ you're going to 
shift and you're going to be more like Christ. Yeah. That's just something that naturally occurs. Why I think the rub becomes in church when you have old head up there talking about doom and gloom and you have to change. No, that's up to you. Yeah. You should want to change. You should want to change. And that's up to you and what the Holy spirit is doing in you. I can give you advice of what I have done and how I've lived, right. but that may not work for you. Yeah. I, and I think, that boils down to once again Christians believing that they get to command mm-hmm. and they get to judge. Yeah, and it's like that's literally never been your job. And honestly, Jesus says that we're not supposed to do that. No, absolutely. So absolutely, it's like stop trying to force the change in people. Love them, and they will change. Right. That's it. Yep. That's that's the whole key. In it. Like just love people. Accept them who they are. Instead, we want to put conditions on it. And I think that's what's happening with these teenagers in a lot of ways. <coughs> and that's a rebellion. Let's not, let's not forego that. There is a rebellion, and it's supposed to be a natural thing that happens in teenagers Yeah. to say, oh, I need to be my own person. But why don't we do it with religious beliefs? Yeah. Why do we keep cramming it down? Or you have to then force these ideals on they're teenagers. Yeah. The natural thing that's supposed to happen is their teenager, once becomes 18, 19, 20 years old, is supposed to fucking leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> supposed to figure it out, you know? <laughs> that's your whole job as a parent, to groom them, to be their own person, to let them go and flee the nest. For any, like, Christians that are continuously attending church right now that may be struggling, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. if you struggle with judgment, if you struggle with accepting people that you believe are sinning on a day-to-day basis and intentionally sinning, people that are just living the life that they want and not the life that Christ wants them to live, I urge you to read the story of the prodigal son again. (laughs) Or the woman on the well. Or the woman in the well. For me, the prodigal son speaks a little bit more, but, like, read it. Mm -hmm. And listen to the actions that like you know god is urging especially the father to do you know all these things that his son did that he pro- once again he probably didn't even know about mm-hmm. 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 but like it's just like the church with congregation let them back in like why do why do you shut people out well, because the gays are ruining everything. Yeah. yeah. Fucking bullshit. The water's turning the frogs gay. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and you wonder why, um, I, I don't want to use the term, the those people, but the, the homosexuals and the lesbians are so against the Christian church. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? Right. Like, literally, why wouldn't they be? Yeah. I'm against them now. Right. <laughs> like, not the gays and lesbians, but the church, because they're so hateful. You know, <laughs> growing up in that situation, I know where that mentality of, like, shunning these type of people away comes from. But, like, grow. Grow. Grow as a, as a group, grow as an individual. God would not be sending these people away. Nope. Nor does it say in the Bible that they'll he will send them to hell. No. Hmm. Because, well, let's be honest, if he did send gay people to hell for just being gay and say they're Christians, 
uh, there's going to be a whole lot of Christians that are going to be really disappointed when they go to hell too. Yeah. Because right. I don't know. Um, sin is sin. It's the same. Even if you want to call gay being a sin. Right. Um, which I, I'm getting on and maybe already there that I don't think being gay is a sin and I can prove that in the Bible. Um, but even if you did want to call it a sin, well, sin is sin. So if I'm lying and I'm a Christian and I know that I'm a liar, um, yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) Shouldn't I go to hell too? Yeah. It's one of those things (laughs) where like people think that it's a conscious decision to to be who you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it just, like, is not. <laughs> In some ways, it is. If you're going out and you're choosing to murder people on a daily basis, you've made that decision. Right. But, like, come the fuck on with, like, saying being, a gay, being gay is a choice. And it's like, no, it's not. No. These people are attracted to the same sex. Why do you fucking care? Yeah. What, like, legitimately, why do you care? I, I don't understand. Other than it makes them uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't give a shit. No, watch, <laughs> watching people make out is weird. It like, is. Like, even if they're hetero, like, ugh, weird. Well, once again, your sex life doesn't have to be anybody else's business. So why is a gay person's sex life your business? Right. You know? Get over it. Yeah. Pretty sure you're a piece of shit, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like, if you're sitting there judging people, you need to look in the mirror and think of all the things that you've done wrong. Yeah. Before and, you think about the speck in your brother's eye. Right. Remove the log from your own. Like. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's almost like Jesus said that. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's what's happening with these teenagers is they're seeing their parents doing, being humans and then going, but you're saying this. Right. Uh, just be real. That's one thing that I've strived to do on this podcast and among many things is just to be real. I have flaws. Listen to them. Uh. You know? I'm not a perfect human being. I screw things up all the time. I've hurt people. I've probably have turned people away from Christ, and it has destroyed my heart. And I have so many regrets and scars on my heart that it's almost embarrassing to talk about. But I'm also learning and growing and trying to change that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what uh, spurred me to do this podcast is coming from a situation where I was just so defeated and so hurt. Yeah, and to go know what I've experienced, and it hasn't been just the church that I left, but it, all these other experiences all culminate to this isn't the way that Scripture tells me it should be, yeah. and I want to do something about it. And people like to hear me talk, so that's what I'm going to do about it. It's funny that you bring up like just you said the word I'm not or the phrase I'm not perfect, and I think that. I've wanted to play a devil's advocate for the church as a whole and say, like, these are imperfect people running an imperfect group. But, like, it, it, it's like, no anymore. Like, no. I'm sorry. It, it's, this it's, is past the point of you're a human and you make mistakes. This is, like, you're intentionally being hateful and you're intentionally, yeah. like, yep. actually doing what 
the devil would want you to do, not mm-hmm. what Jesus would want you to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you call yourself a Christian, oh, wait, wait. now that I think about it, it's like, man, the Pharisees are just, they're all up here again. Mm-hmm. They're the popular ones again. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's hideous. Yep. That's where I've been in the past year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to see you get on board now. Well, I mean, like, I've always kind of been there. It's just, you know. Talking about it now. Yeah. Puts that in stone. Yeah, I get it. And it, it kind of sucks because I don't think Schaefer gets it. Have her listen to this podcast. I try to. <laughs> she has a hard time with it because she doesn't want to admit that things are fucked up. It's easier for her mentally. What is that counseling thing? The first thing um, is accept like denial. Yeah. What is that? How does that go? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the the five stages of grief. The first yeah. one's denial. Yeah. 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 I'm past. I'm past acceptance. Wherever that is. <laughs> one of those stages. <laughs> past the last one. I'm yeah. embracing the impending doom. Um. No, and like I said, if someone listens to this and they start to change their mind and get on board, then do your own thing. Talk. I'm not going to be popular. I, I know this. Fight against Fight the against. shitty mainstream idea of what Christianity is supposed to be. Yep, in your own way. Um, you know, I've accepted this, and this sounds fatalistic in a victim mentality and that's not what I mean by this nor am I fishing for compliments I'm never going to be popular I don't think you're you have a victim mentality uh it's just I (laughs) I know my limitations and I embrace those limitations and quite frankly I lean into what makes me fulfilled and what makes me happy instead of being mainstream and that is only going to get you niche yeah and I'm okay with that yeah. because I'm not trying to make money off of this. I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan. I'm not trying to be a big. Um, I'm trying to be me. Yeah. And that to me is more important. Um, and maybe, maybe the show gets picked up. Maybe a big wig hears this show and holy shit, this guy knows what he's talking about. I want to talk to him. And maybe once the pandemic is over, I start traveling and doing things and getting off the ground that way. But, it it's more about what I think God wants me to do. And, you know, I've, I had visions when I was a teenager being in front of thousands of people, but the more and more I've processed that out, maybe it's voices, maybe it's my voice getting out to thousands of people and it already has. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to do me and I'm going to do what I feel like God's leading me to do. And that's this. And if it becomes popular, great, but I'm not going to, tie my wagon to that that's my government job yeah that i get a pension from right <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna get a pension off of this podcast let's right. be honest uh so let's get to the third point and it kind of sums up everything beautifully and there'll be a part two to the series of the end of the church i'll talk about the other because there's 10 points if you listen to it at the top there's 10 key points we're only in three but we've already been talking an hour and a half so Stay tuned for part two and maybe a part three. Ooh, our first series of the podcast. <laughs> uh, the third point. <clears throat> Teens are as likely as their parents who say they regularly go to religious services, 
But when it comes to more personal forms of religious expression, teens appear less religious than their parents. So the point, this, uh, the numbers are this. Teens are less likely than their parents to pray da- daily, 27% versus 48%. And I think that is 27% of teens versus 48% of adults. Yeah. To believe... Uh, to believe God is absolute certainty, 40 versus 63. That's both alarming to me. Yeah. Um, and so you're a Christian, but you don't believe God is absolute. Yeah. Like, what? That kind of goes against Christianity, but okay. Which means, leads me to believe, like, people's definitions for being a Christian is just being a good person. I think it also has a lot to do with just, like, misinformation and the fact that people just don't fucking know God's word anymore. Or know what the label is. Yeah. Like, the United States is a Christian country. What does that mean? Right. Are we all Christians? Yeah, right. So I think people just identify that and they're Christian. Um, And the final stat was, and to consider religion very important, quotes, in their lives, 24 versus 43%. Yeah. So teens are less likely to pray, uh, don't believe God is the absolute certainty, and consider, don't consider, uh, well, I think that last point, consider religion very important in their lives. So parents, I think the way that was worded was parents view their teens uh, that religion is important for them, but teens themselves don't. Okay. Um, which this goes on to what we've been saying, like, yeah, your teenager may, uh, go to church and they may say we have a one per one to one belief. Right. I believe everything that my parents say, but when it comes down to it, they don't give a shit. No, not at all. Um, and the numbers don't lie. Like the numbers are saying that your teenager probably doesn't pray, probably doesn't make God a priority and doesn't think religion is very important in their lives. Right. Even though they're saying yes to you. Right. Going to church and just going again, path of least resistance and saying, yeah, I, I believe that. Right. Cause it's easier. Yep. And to me, uh, and I keep pointing this out because I think it gives me a little bit of credibility and I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing youth ministry for 20 years and this is what I see. Yeah. Um, talking to teenagers and um, even being involved within big youth, youth ministries and small youth ministries. They're just there to congregate. It's a fun thing to do. Yeah. It gets them away from their parents for a night, maybe a couple nights. And that's it. They're not actually engaging in scripture. They're not actually engaging in prayer. They're not actually engaging in what it means to be a Christ follower. Right. Um, and it's because their parents want them to go. There's a variety of reasons. Their parents want to go. It's the social interaction. It's maybe they're homeschooled, and that's the only people interaction that they have. That's just what I've seen. Yeah. Um, especially in the mega church that we were all part of, the youth uh, ministry was ginormous. So it was more of just a social interaction yeah. than it was about actual Christianity and what it means to be a Christ follower. Yeah. Has that been your experience as well? 
Yeah, for the most part, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some subtle differences, but not even worth mentioning. Yeah, and that's not to say that there isn't kids that really believe in Jesus. Right. It's just not the vast majority. No. And I don't think it's because... I don't even know if it's not a belief thing. It's just like the importance thing, like you said. That's not the important thing. And... I don't know. I I think we expect kids to like mentally be developed more than they are. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, let them, we got to let them figure it out. You know? Yeah. We have to let kids be kids. And, uh, once again, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with teaching your kids about Jesus. We should be doing that. You know, we need, we should be educating our children about Jesus and what it means to be a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're reading the Bible and teaching them directly from there, you're probably going to be doing it right. Right. <laughs> it's hard to do it wrong. And you're doing it wrong because you're listening to fucking Joe Blow at your church that has 1,800 people at one campus and, mm-hmm. you know, another 3,000 at your other two campuses. <laughs> and they've forgotten what it means to really be a follower of Christ and just look at the paycheck and say, I think I'm doing it right. Right. Absolutely. And uh, it become, to me, it's a cult when the congregation dips as much as it does in that specific instance of that specific church. Um, when the main guy isn't speaking, that's a cult. Yeah. It's 100% a cult. And it becomes more about that person's identity because he's funny. Yeah. And witty and charismatic. Yeah. Rather than actually engaging with scripture. And you have family members that think that that person is like this gift to the earth when in reality they're just a dude. Just a dude who has massively hurt people. Yeah. You know, I mean, it happens... Across the board, it doesn't matter how big the congregation is. If you're attractive and charismatic, people are going to gravitate towards you regardless. And you're going to have your own cult. So. Which is why I'll never make it ever because I am too, um, I'm too me. (laughs) I don't know if that's why you won't make it. I don't even know if you won't make it. I think uh, just being you is just important. And, like, if people like it, they like it. If people don't, they don't. And, like, you have victory in what you know to be true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what I mean by that is people – I rub people the wrong way when I don't conform to whatever they're selling. All right. Because uh, usually I don't. Um, even the people that love me know that I'm like that. Yeah. You can't get me to do anything. Right. <laughs> uh, unless I want to do it. Right. Um, but also that's why the people who love me love me. Because I am that way. I'm not afraid to share my mind or share my heart. Right. Either. 
Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's just me. And I think that, well, it goes back to my point why I'll, I'll never be an actual cult leader because I'll never buy into people's bullshit. And I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just happens. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, based on this research, and we'll get into more in part two of the series, um, I, I think these numbers are scary. I, I really, well, you know, for the church, not so much for me. Uh, because we're seeing people saying they want to go back to church yeah. after the pandemic, which is great. But then we're seeing our young teenagers saying kind of the opposite. Um, right. That they don't really believe anything. They're just doing whatever their parents tell them to because it's easier. At least to me, that's what that says. And uh, I'm overgeneralizing because, yes, there's going to be teenagers in there that they absolutely believe one per one what their parent believes, but they also actually believe that. Yeah. Because their parent may be right. I'm not disparaging that. Yeah. But from my experience, experience, that's not what I've seen. Yeah. Um, And when I was growing up in youth ministry, the number I kept hearing was 60% of your friends will leave after youth group. Yeah. Um, years later, it became 70%, and that's been the normal number that's been thrown around recently. I think it's more likely, if we're being real honest, it's probably 80% of teenagers will leave the church forever once they leave youth ministry. Yeah. So uh, 8 out of 10. Yep. Will leave forever. I think I can agree with that. Um, that's what I've seen um, over and over and over again. I can count on one hand how many friends through youth ministry that I had um, who have stuck with Christianity. Yep. And I can count on less hands Yeah. <laughs> how many people uh, didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Because a lot of those people that are that are still Christians from that youth ministry have drank the Kool-Aid. So, and uh, that's my friend group. That are people in their 30s and 20s, late 20s. And then all the teenagers that I witnessed to and spoke with when I was in my 20s and they were in their teens, none of, hardly any of them are still Christians. Right. Um, I don't have the data on the church that I just left because that was only two years ago. So I'd be interested and see what those numbers are. Yeah. But yeah, uh teenagers are leaving the church in droves. And it, it's going to get worse. Um unless we right the ship which is already sunk in my opinion. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, and we'll get into part two where we're going to be talking more about the other 10 key findings about religion uh, in the lives of U.S. teenagers and talk about kind of how this affects the church and kind of where we are as Christians. Um, because this is stuff that I care about. This is my life's work right. <laughs> is dealing with teenagers and youth ministry. And I, I just I still have a heart for teenagers and I, I think if we actually have 
conversations with them, actually get them to engage in scripture and love them as human beings instead of children, these numbers would be different. If we start ministering to parents, stop being an asshole, stop helicoptering your kids, stop forcing and cramming religion down their throats and let them be teenagers, we would see different numbers. Yeah, yeah. If we stop with the whole Trumpism and Republicanism and gays go to hell, these numbers would be reversed too. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm fighting against because while I, I don't want to identify as a Christian in my core belief, I do believe in Jesus Yeah. and I do believe in the gospel. It's been perverted. It's been abused. So we need to change the narrative. Yeah. We need to change, uh, the adjective that we use to describe ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm landing today. You got anything? I was going to say, you know, you were saying about, you know, the ship is kind of already sunk and we need to uh, f- fix it if we can. I think it's just build a new one. <laughs> build a new one. Yeah. I mean, after this pandemic, and we talked about it before we started recording, that well, once we're vaccinated and after this pandemic, we'll probably start doing things in the house and having a group here. Yeah. Um, I've been asked that a lot. So I'm probably just going to do it. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I don't know if it'll ever become a church, but, you know, what is a church besides people around a dinner table talking? Right. So I just won't ask for money because <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. That's probably good. <laughs> Lend me your ears. That's all I care about. I need tithe. I need your tithe so I can buy my Lamborghini. <laughs> I wouldn't buy a Lamborghini. No, fuck that. No. Mm. I'd buy old Mustangs or something. GT350 or something crazy like that. And the the craziest car I'd get would probably be the 2020 GT500. Okay. Actually, the craziest thing would be probably a 2014 GT500. Put an automatic transmission in it and then boost its power. And it'd be faster than the 2020 GT500. Right. Because I like that body style differently. Yeah. The unicorn car is the 68 GT500. Right. Which there's no way in God's green no. earth. Nope. Those, <laughs> those cars are like $300,000, $400,000. Right. If you can find a good one. <laughs> right. That's not totally wrecked. Right. I, the, the barn finds are like, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars Yeah. Uh, the unicorn car. <laughs> one day I'll have a 68. And then you should put a unicorn horn on it as an hood ornament. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. Literally, make it a unicorn car. That's a little weird. It's not weird if you're calling it a unicorn car. You well, get a pearlescent, like, white. white, but it has, like, a pink undertone to it mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the sun, and it sparkles. Mm-hmm. And then the the rims have to be white, too. Okay. Yeah. But you got to... The rims aren't big. It's got to be, like, kind of classic because it can still have the fat tires on it. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Because it's a horse. It's, it's a, a horse. unicorn. It's a horse. Unicorn? Yeah. Honestly, I'd probably get a 68 convertible. Really? Yeah. Because I already have the hard top. Right. Fast cars. So now you can just go slow and uh, cruise. let the wind blow in your hair. My lack of hair. <laughs> yeah. My comb over. Yeah. <laughs> Flapping in the wind. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, honestly, a 68. Really a Mach 1, that's but fair. if I can get a hold of a 68 convertible or otherwise, that'd be great. Nice. We'll see. Um, I'm still working on Sally. Yep. And that's One a goal at a time. One goal at a time. We'll see. Life is going to be different at the end of 2021. Yes, it will. I got nothing else. Do you? I, I've got nothing. All right. Uh, so the post-roll banter. Um, visit BetweenAlphaOmega.com where you can watch all the YouTube VODs. You can go to the top menu, click on YouTube, and see all the VODs. Episode 27 does not exist, so don't ask, because I had audio problems. So, but... <laughs> Episode 25 and 26 and 28 will be on that page. That's this episode is episode 28. Uh, we record the first and third Saturdays of every month, 1.30 Central Standard Time on twitch.tv backslash between Alpha Omega. You can watch us live if you'd like and chat with us. And we're still trying to work out all the kinks and bugs, but hey, I'm new at this, so bear with me. Again, the podcast is on Virtually every podcast network, all demand. Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, even some other stuff that I don't even know about. (laughs) Amazon Music. I just described to them all. So you can find this podcast wherever you want. Or just visit betweenalphaomega.com and just listen to it there, which a lot of you do. And that's great. Um, That's all I got. There it is. There it is. Love you. Bye. Peace.